Welcome to On The Fly, a Financial Literacy Institute podcast, where our mission is to teach the financial literacy skills we should have learned in school. We cover financial basics, investing, business ownership, real estate, and everything in between. On The Fly. Hello and welcome to On The Fly a Financial Literacy Institute podcast. Tonight, I am your host, Zach Owen, and I am joined by my two co-hosts, Sean Lacey and Olienka Famadou. Tonight, Olienka Famadou is our subject in part two of a three-part series, diving into the who, what, when, where, and why of the three of us, our financial backgrounds, why we got into it. Uh, And the goal of this is to kind of show you, the listener, something to relate to, something to be entertained by, or maybe even inspired by our stories, how we got into finances and how we're doing and what we plan on doing in the future. So, Sean, uh, how was your week? Yinka, how was your week? Um, I'm having a great one so far and excited to get started tonight. Absolutely. Thanks, Zach. Thanks for kicking us off. It's been a great week so far. It's been really busy. Work is always picking up, so cannot complain, but I'm excited to hear what Yinka has to say and even learn a little bit about him too. So, can't say, can't say I'm, I, I can't be more excited for it. I love it. I love it. No, thanks guys. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it as well. No, my week, I mean, as you guys know, school started, <laughs> welcome back zips, right? Go zips. And, uh, I kid you not like my brain activity. Yep. hundred percent left over, right. One of the two ways. Um, the brain activity for this whole week has been just so crazy. Like I've been, I've had a million things to do every single day in my calendars, literally looking like Tetris, right? It's like so <laughs> many things. And I'm being very productive, very effective. Time's going by like this because I'm just not paying attention to it. So I, I like it. It's 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 a lot. It's not it's not sustainable. But uh, the, it's the first week, right? So looking forward to the uh, the whole semester. But yeah, no, this week has been good and uh, went by very fast. It's already Thursday. It's crazy. Awesome. Time flies when you're having fun. It does. So Yinka, before we really dive in here, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us who is Olienka Famadu, so we kind of know who we're talking to here. It's a great question. That's a great question, right? So Ole Inkafamadu, uh, let me start with the professional stuff, right? I am a fifth year uh, biomedical engineer at the University of Akron studying biomedical engineering, but also minoring in applied mathematics. Um, people will ask Linka, like, why did you study or why did you choose biomedical engineering? And I had a lot of um, uh, an influence from my dad being a civil and aeronautical engineer. So STEM was kind of in my DNA. But if I knew what I knew now, would I choose engineering or biomedical engineering? Probably not. Nonetheless, I like the way it makes me think, but I probably would have chose finance if that wasn't already obvious. But um, I am a, I'm big into kind of development on all facets, right? So I love reading self-help books, love listening to podcasts, love creating podcasts. Um, I, uh, I really do tap in development at a high level and I try to put my friends on with it. So it's, it's, it's super fun to kind of level up and be better than you were, you know, the day before. So that's kind of what I tap into. So nutrition, um, diet, I guess, nutrition, uh, hitting the gym, fashion, all kind of, uh, um, facets, like I mentioned. So kind of big into self-development and then, uh, really I kind of a sport guy as well. People asking, well, you're from Minnesota. Why did you go to university of Akron? And it's like, well, I, my freshman year, I played division one soccer. So I'm, I, I played soccer at a high level and it was super fun. But then I, I was quick to realize that D1 soccer and engineering, that's a tough mix. So I, uh, I dropped the, the D1 soccer and went with the engineering and stuck with University of Akron because I had options to kind of go back um, home to study. So I'm like, you know, my roots are good here. And, you know, Akron pays me a lot of money and I get a lot of actually refunds. So it's like, 
why not stay? And I don't regret that decision. I don't regret dropping the soccer and I don't regret not, you know, not moving. So I enjoyed my time at University of Akron and I have, uh, you know, eight months left. So super excited. Um, big into, like I said, soccer, table tennis, spike ball. You know, I'm getting into golf as Zach knows and Sean knows. So I'm excited to play some golf with you guys. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm just a guy who's very, I love being positive. I love hanging out with people. I'm very social. People know me. I, I can talk to anybody. I People like to say I have a flirty personality. You can flirt with guys. You can flirt with girls. I just, I'm just just that kind of guy. So, yeah, that's kind of what Yink is all about. I'm just doing a lot of things at once. But what I had a lot of people tell me is like, Yink, live in the moment. Like, enjoy yourself. Because my head's always 10 years down the line. Because I, I swear, graduation is going to come back like, like this. And I'm just going to walk across the stage. And I'm never going to remember it again. Because I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm, I, I'm already 20 years down the line. So, but it's like, relax. It only comes once. Like the, the Alchemist book says. Things that happen once will never happen again. So, yeah, that's kind of what Yink is all about. Awesome. Love to hear it. So one of the bigger points of this series is to kind of let our listeners who may be uh, newer beginners or maybe even intermediates in the financial space, beginning, beginning their own financial journeys or maybe just picking up speed and getting the ball rolling, right? So where did you start, right? Where were your beginnings? What inspired you, you know, and kind of what have you done to kick off your financial journey? Great question. I'm going to expand on, you know, our, our, our intro video to all three of us that we did a couple weeks back. Right. So really where it started for me or where it really didn't start, I should say, I kind of realized that the conversation about money in my household, like where I grew up with my mom, my dad, that either wasn't talked about or if it was, it was completely negative. Right. So my parents would, and, I, and this is nothing on my parents there, you know, it's, it's kind of generational where they heard what they heard from their parents. Now I'm hearing what I heard from what they heard, you know, kind of thing. Right. But then when I was hearing it, I'm like, I don't necessarily agree with that. Why? Maybe because I was always a, a learner, a self-learner, let's say reading the book or listening to podcasts or doing all things where it's like, that's, I'm not saying I don't want to listen to my parents, but I'm listening to a lot of sources who are doing better than my parents saying what my parents aren't. Right. So it's like, I, I don't think that's hundred percent right. So what my parents were always saying was just like, you know, uh, the, the love of money is evil, right. Or the root of love, you know, the, the main mantra that a lot of people get confused about. Right. But then another thing was people who are wealthy are very greedy. And it's like, I just don't think that's true. I, I just I just think that the fact that maybe my parents don't have that kind of money, maybe they're envious. And, that, and that's okay. A lot of people are, uh, as I was when I was younger, you know, looking up to the bigger dogs, like, wow, they have a lot of these assets or a lot of this, you know, um, capital that I wish I would have. So I kind of look up and I'm like, dang, you know, you had opportunities I didn't have. But then I thought about it like, you know, I think you can do that yourself. So before I uh, digress, really, it kind of started with uh, the conversation that wasn't had with my family, right? But then really, I think the thing where it actually had happened, the actual conversation, which I mentioned in the, uh, the intro, was the uh, the Christmas girlfriend story, as you guys remember, right? So I'll kind of expand a little bit about that. So like I mentioned, this was, uh, I want to say, if I remember correctly, sophomore year or junior year is one of the two, maybe maybe the summer before. I don't know. No, it wasn't the summer because it was during Christmas. I was dating this one girl at Richfield High School back at home, and she was another soccer player as, as myself, right? So everyone was like, Yinka, and we kind of, you know, we have the same skin tone. So people are like, Yinka, you and her, you guys would look good together. And I was attracted to her. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the girl of my dreams. She plays soccer. Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to date her. You know, uh, I'm very much, again, a ladies guy, so I can talk to any lady, talk to her, uh, started dating her. And I'm like, oh, this is the one as any young boy would say when he's young and dumb. Right. Um, <laughs> and I thought when it came Christmas time, my first Christmas, I'm going to get this girl everything she wanted. Right. So I asked her, you know, what's your Santa Christmas list? Tell me, show me the whole thing. She was reluctant at first. I'm like, don't worry about it. Let me do da, 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 da. 
And I'm like, I finally got the list. I'm like, oh yeah, I can, I can do this. And why? Because I was working a job. I think I was working at like a little ice arena, making maybe what, like seven, $8 an hour, something small. Right. And I'm like, okay, I have maybe roughly like 600, $700 in my account. And I think I'm balling. I think I'm a millionaire or whatever that age was. Right. So I'm like, okay, if I add almost all these things up or don't even add, it doesn't matter. If I get everything on this Christmas list, I could probably afford it. So my smart self, you know, uh, I think a week before Christmas went to the mall of America, one of the biggest malls in the, in the world, if not, if not the biggest. Um, and I bought her, her, her like Hollister jeans, her Converse shoes. I think she had like a necklace on there, some Victoria's Secret like sweater, you know, all the things that the young girl at that age wanted, right? I bought it all, probably racked up over $500, right? And I'm like, okay, she's gonna like this and I'm gonna be the boyfriend of the century. Mind you, probably, I think it was the day before Christmas, Christmas Eve, I, well, I, again, after I bought the stuff, I, I brought it home. And I try to hide it just in case any of my parents came into my room and saw it, you know, because I want them to know about that. Um, hid the receipt. Again, the day before Christmas, Christmas Eve, I come into the, you know, to my to my room and I'm preparing because the next day is Christmas to go over to her house and, you know, lavish her with all these gifts. I try to find the receipt for some reason and I couldn't find it. I'm like, okay, did I misplace it? And no, nope, just couldn't find it. Later that night, mom calls me in the living room. Yinka, come here. And when she says, like, or no, she said Ola Inka, my full name, Ola Inka, come here. When, when the parents say the full name, you know you're in trouble. Called me in, dad was quiet. When dad is quiet, you know you're in real trouble, right? And uh, they sat me down. She pulls out the receipt. And I'm like, oh, I'm in for it. I'm in for it. And long story short, they were really explaining to me, right, what the purpose of money is. And really, this is not the best way to try to win over a girl, right? Because once you get them all the gifts, what's next? You got what uh, Mercedes Benz five hundred Mercedes five hundred. You got the uh, you know the, the mansion. Like you, you just you, you start the bar so high that it can only go higher, right? So start small. But that's a whole other conversation on how to get you know relationships. Whatever. I really was taught that money is you know not just you earn it and then you immediately spend it because you keep it in your bank account. Uh, if you keep it in your bank account long enough, the government's going to take it, right? And that's something that's very interesting. That's that's like a, a common uh, misnomer amongst a lot of people that if you just keep your money in your accounts that the government's going to, if you owe maybe the government money, they can just tap in, um, you know, to your account. Now that's a little, that's a whole different conversation if you're not paying bills, but nonetheless, it's just like, it's, it's just so interesting how there's so many things that aren't, you know, spoken, uh, and that us as children kind of understand, but it, it was, it was that conversation that night. I'm like, okay, wow. Now I had a conversation about money. It's serious. They, you know, they took my debit card from me, which is really good. I really had to have that experience to learn okay, how to manage your money. Right. So I was using cash. I was kind of doing like a little mental budget at the time. So really to answer your question, Zach, it was that catalyst of a moment that I was like, okay, this is what really money is about. It's not just some, you know, you earn it, you immediately spend it. Um, and then really from there, it, it I, I took a little like financial literacy type class in high school or later on in high school, like the senior year before college, which is timely. And I, it was run by Dave Ramsey. I don't remember exactly, you know, what, what the course was called. But it, it was very interesting because the professor only put like Dave Ramsey videos on. I, I swear the professor really didn't say anything. She just put on the uh, the videos and that's what we learned from. But I'm not mad at it because I learned a lot from that, right? And obviously the Dave Ramsey talks about, you know, um, uh, trying to go to school debt-free, trying to pay everything in cash, don't use credit cards, all these things, which I subscribe to, right? 
And then uh, ever since from there, I just like my parents, right? I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure you can do more than just pay everything with cash because that's probably not 100% sustainable. And then two, if you use credit cards correctly, you can probably get away with using them, right? Um, so I try to do more of my, my own learning, right? So then going, continuing, uh, you know, college, I did some more learning. I tapped into more podcasts right now at the time. Anthony O'Neill, um, he was a personality of Dave Ramsey and he was a guy or he is a guy who is of color. And what's really cool is that the way he disseminates his information is very cool. It's very hip. It's very jive where a lot of people can kind of tap into it. So I'm like, okay, this guy's cool. I'm going to subscribe. I'm going to try to put a lot of my friends onto it. Cause I'm seeing changes in myself. I read a couple of his books, debt free degree, I think five um, common mistakes of college students and like that really short reads. And it was more of that kind of information that was like, okay, this, I'm seeing some traction now. I can actually see some money in my account. I can actually do some more things and maybe let's, let's look into investing, right? So now we move into probably the start of my junior year in college. And this is where I think COVID struck, right? Or no, it was, it was end of sophomore year. And I'm like, okay, I have some capital. Markets are down. This is a prime time to start investing, as a lot of people thought, right? But I didn't know how. And there's a ton of videos out there, but you never really know what's real. And they're always trying to get you to hop on their affiliate account or do X, Y, Z. I'm not trying to do that. So I was reading a ton of books. I uh, I even tried to reach out to Anthony O'Neill. And at the time, it didn't work out until actually later on, I, I got him to uh, uh, kind of speak to the University of Akron through ZPN. But that's, a, that's a whole other story, but it's really cool. Um, but I got, I tried to talk to my brothers. I tried to talk to, you know, my, um, my, my, my brothers-in-laws. And I finally started to understand, okay, Roth IRAs, Vanguard, general investing. Okay. I started to do some more research. I, I read the uh, little book of common sense investing, John C. Bogle, right? Really interesting books where I started opening my account, super easy, tapped into Graham Stephan, little easy uh, kind of video on how to open up your Roth IRA. And I started investing, starting to see a little bit of money every single month kind of tap in, right? right? Which is really cool. And then it's very interesting, right? Because with a lot of things, once you start to see more traction, you start to double down. So what did I do? I started to invest more. Started to invest more. I started to look into other accounts. I started to learn more. It's very interesting, right? But again, I think ever since from there, it was just more learning, joint FLI, kind of expanded upon that. But really, again, as you guys know, I, I kind of go off and tend to answer your question. It was really that negative moment of just like, wow. I'm trying to have be the most perfect boyfriend, and I think money is just completely exp uh, expendable, right? And it was that moment that I really needed to kind of, you know, take money to the next level for me. Absolutely. And I think two things that I want to stress and take away kind of from what Yinka said is, number one, the story of like how each of us found our financial niche or found like that light bulb moment where we decided listen we need to figure this out is different for every single person you know you heard zach's last week you're hearing ink is now but another thing that we we started doing about this week for our mastermind members is we asked them what is your light bulb moment and the cool thing about that is every single person has given a different answer so the, the biggest thing i want to stress is that Every situation is your situation is not going to be the same as Jenka is not going to be the same as Zach's. It's not going to be the same as 99.9% .9 of the population. But the thing that is cool about that is that you no, know, even though the situations are different, each of us have still found a way to learn or to gain the knowledge and then put ourselves on the path towards financial freedom. So in the mission of FLI, 
Our goal is to teach you the uh, financial literacy skills that you didn't learn in school. And that path is different for every single person. And as Jinka is going to dive into more, you know, there's things that you can learn from his path that'll keep you from making certain mistakes. There's things that you learn from Zach's path and there's things that hopefully you learn from mine, but it's it's not a one size fits all journey. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because there's no cookie cutter way to kind of learn, right? You kind of just need to have it happen to you for you to kind of like have it click, right? Um, so that's what I want listeners to kind of take away from the story when I tap into it. And you guys ask me questions. It's 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 not okay. How did Dinka do it? I'm gonna emulate that. No. How did Sean do it? I'm gonna emulate. How does that? No. When it happens to you, you'll notice. You're like, okay, now I got to start making changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of that mindset flip, right? Where you get that drive and desire to learn about it right because you want to change something you want to make sure that you're set up for your future then you set up for your now and you know the only way to go about changing something you don't know is to learn about it right um so Inka, that was a great uh great story great moment you know you had a conversation with your parents it was kind of that light bulb moment for you um what steps have you taken since right so kind of we led up to kind of your college years and to high school uh when we get into college you know a lot of people become a little more independent, right? We have a lot more control over our finances. We start to get into it. We, you know, maybe get a, maybe sometimes people get their first uh, bank account or, uh, you know, their first debit or credit card. So a lot of life changes are happening in college, uh, including some financially. So what were some of those life changes financially or maybe even otherwise in college and how did you use them to your advantage? Great question. And two come to mind, right? The first one is the credit card. And I think I got this again, er, now earlier sophomore year, it was the, my girlfriend at the time, she had discover and a lot of people will, they'll do with discover. If you like, um, work, um, I think they have like some sort of affiliate program. When you give someone like your link, you both get a hundred dollars, which is really cool. Like, okay. How can you not, um, you know, win with that. And what's really cool about discover it, it's acceptance rate is very high. So I remember I was applying for capital one. I was applying to other, you know, um, uh, credit card issuers and i just got denied a couple times and it was just weird like maybe because i just have no credit i don't have bad credit i just really don't have really that much credit right but discover i'm like okay acceptance is pretty high and uh let me get a hundred dollars so i applied got it and i'm like okay i'm gonna be very responsible with this i'm gonna do what 99 percent of people don't so i'm make sure and this is how i started too i thought i was gonna get just like a gallon of milk per month just a three dollar purchase one little purchase because I just didn't know that much at the time. But I knew I could manage it if, if you know, I could learn more. But I didn't know that much at the time. I'm going to buy a gallon of milk, put it on the cart, and pay it off either right after I purchase it or at the end of the month just to make sure, like, I'm building just a little bit of credit, right? Because at that time, my mindset was I just want to build credit, not how can I use credit cards to my advantage. I didn't think about that at the time, right? Now I'm doing that. But that's a whole other story. So credit card for me, it was good. Building the credit. And I'm like, okay, well, my credit limit at the time of starting was probably like 1250 and I was using, again, at the time, probably $10 a month. So I'm like, okay, let me do a little more with that. And I started to, I think I watched the movie. Oh, no, I did. Catch Me If You Can, right? And beautiful movie, by the way, where um, Frank Abagnale, the, the main character, uh, the, the one who's played by, I think, oh, what's his name? Um, DiCaprio. I think DiCaprio, Leonardo DiCaprio, right? I, I, I looked up Frank Abagnale after that because it's a fire movie. And he had a Google speech that you guys, if you guys, the listeners, please look this up. Frank Abagnale, Google Talk. And he talks about how he makes his kids strictly use credit cards, never debit cards. Why? Two reasons. Number one, you have no liability. He says that if he if he was to walk down the street and someone was to mug him and ask him for his credit card, he would hand him the credit card and say, do what you will. 
right? Because if the robber took any of the money in the credit card, you are not liable. You're good. So when I understood that reason, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Number two is if you're going to make, if you're, if you're responsible and you're going to make the purchase anyway, why not on the credit card? Because you're going to earn things, whether it's you're building your credit, you're getting cash, you're getting miles, you're getting points. If you're going to make the purchase anyway, why not on the credit card? Why the debit card? You get nothing. And it's direct access to your account. That goes back to the first point, right? So with those two reasons right there, I'm like, okay, now this makes sense. I'm never using my debit card again. So credit card right there. And I started to learn more how you can kind of use it to your advantage. So that was the big thing, right? Credit card. And that's why I'm big into credit cards now because they just make so much sense if you know how to utilize them. So that's the first one. The second big thing that happened in my college career, like I mentioned in the, um, in the prelude story was I wanted to destroy actually two debts. The first one was my car, which I did. And again, I kind of tapped into that story. And for me, I was paying, I think, $232 per month on my 2011 Honda Accord. Bought it used for, I think, 12K, which is crazy amount for a 2011 Honda Accord. I'm hearing some people get like 2016 cars for like under 4K. I'm like, huh? But whatever. Maybe it was on, maybe there was those cars over 100,000 miles. My car was, you know, pretty decent. Nonetheless, I was tired of paying $232 a month. What I try to do um, was, you know, pay more towards the principal. Right. And for our listeners, when you pay more towards the principal, you're kind of at an advantage because it's accruing less interest on the principal. So the point there, right? With any loan, try to pay towards the principal. It's got big hack there. Nonetheless, I was like, okay, let me try to see if I can pay $500 a month, right? Decrease the amount of time it would take for me to pay off the full loan. Started to do that. I even started to increase, you know, the amount that I was paying. But for me to do that, I had to make more money, right? And how did I make more money? At the time, I was an RA. So I was getting paid, you know, probably nine, about $10 working behind the desk, like 18 hours a week or something like that. I uh, worked for ZPNs, it's a programming, programming network, I think making $15 an hour, pretty cool job, but it was very time demanding. And then the third job, which is off campus, I was working at Chipotle and Chipotle, 1275, something small. But with all those three incomes as a student as well, working, you know, probably over 40 hours cumulatively, um, I was able to, within probably under a year after making the decision to pay more towards the car, I, I paid it off. Right. And my last payment, it was a whole smart goal system, too. I'm like, I'm going to pay it off before the end of the spring semester and come, I think, April 9th. I'm not going to forget the day. I don't know why I said think before the end of the semester, I paid that car off. It was great and it was free because now that's frees up two hundred thirty two dollars. I can do more things with it, whether it's investing, whether it's I can implement it into my you know expenditure budget budget of just like hanging out with friends or dining or whatever. Right. And it was really it was a really good decision. But then the second debt I, I wanted to pay off, and then I thought a little more, more about it, was my student loan debt, right? Because I'm not going to lie to you guys. When I came to the University of Akron, I wasn't an RA my first year. Division one soccer didn't pay a lot of scholarships, and I just wasn't getting a lot of scholarships, right? So I did have to, uh, you know, take out a little bit of, of loans. And I, you know, going with the whole Dave Ramsey mindset and how freeing the car debt was paying off, I'm like, let me pay off my student loan debt. But then I thought about it more, right? Okay, if my student loan debt at the time was you know very low but then come covid it actually was paused um why not you know use interest to my advantage where let's say even it wasn't paused and let's say interest is like three percent right three and a half doesn't matter but yet if i invest that money now i get it at eight percent was that four and a half percent increase right i'm like instead of paying off my loans i can now take that same money and i can invest it and gain more and that's what I ended up doing, right? So my long-term play was, I'm gonna, I'm going to graduate debt-free 100%, and now I'm extra gonna graduate debt-free from the news that just dropped, which is crazy. Love that. I'm so. I, when I read that news again today, I'm like, wait a second, I almost paid off all my debt. And for sorry to the people out there who already paid their debt, I'm sorry to you. I, I, I deeply am. 
But like for me, I'm like, oh, oh no, not Sean. But I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm so glad I did that. All right, I didn't do that, I should say. Nonetheless, I'm like, okay, I'm definitely going to graduate debt-free now. Or not back then again, before I knew uh, this, this debt relief. But I'm like, I'm going to use that money to my advantage, right? So I ended up not paying off that debt because I there's a ton of, like, I'm now, like, going so hard in scholarships because what's really cool about school, they will give you refunds on your scholarships, when you can, which you can theoretically use for whatever you want. So I get it straight to my checking account, and I use it for school purchases. They don't need to know that, right? So um, it, it's really, and I invest it, right? It, yeah, right, no. So it's it's super, it's it's a super, you know, um, a logistical thing to do, you know, when you look at the interest rates. And that was kind of my two things in college, right? It was the credit card. And it was the debt payoffs, right? Or one of the debt payoffs. So um, those two things really set me up to kind of now take it to the next level of where I am. Absolutely. I love it, Yinka. And I think, so I guess I want to pivot a little bit away from, you know, your financial story and kind of okay. into your background personally. So I, I want to give a little backstory of kind of how I met Yinka. So okay. I would say what, probably a year and a half ago, I get this LinkedIn message from this random guy um, because I was working with the Akron co-op office to set up a nice little presentation speech about financial education, investing, like kind of the preference, the preface of FLI. So I get this face, this or this LinkedIn message from this guy I've never heard of, never met before. And yeah. talk, he's talking about Dave Ramsey, talking about like Anthony O'Neill, bringing him to Akron and speaking events like this, I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Like I've, I've never heard anyone really like at a college student talk like this and the way he worded everything, he's very, very professional about it. I'm like, you know, this is cool. So time, maybe three, four months go by. And I do this speaking event at the, at the college of engineering and Yinka comes up and introduces himself after I'm done or before I start actually. And this man's carrying his MacBook in one hand, his <laughs> cell phone in the other hand. He's like, yep. oh, I have I have so many questions I wanna ask you, like like blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I'm like, okay, absolutely. Just ask him during. He's like, oh, I, I, trust me, you don't want me to ask him during because we're gonna spend the whole time talking about that. I'm like, yeah. okay, fair enough. So I give the presentation, it goes, well, I, I, I hang around for another 15, 20 minutes after talking to people and Yinka comes up again. And first of all, he said, I'm really interested in this financial literacy institute um, idea you have, but I have this list of 75,000 questions that I want to ask you. Would you like to grab dinner and go over it? And both him and then Josh, who's one of our ambassadors and another one of their friends, Ryan, were there too. And they're like, let's go grab dinner. Let's do that. So I'm like, okay, number one, this is cool because it takes a lot for a college student to ask, you know, a random person that they just met to meet with them, grab dinner, number one. And I'm by no means an imposing person. I, I look just like them and probably younger than most of them. But, you know, somebody that's out of college and kind of in the professional workforce, it takes a lot of guts to ask that. So I respected Yinka from the get-go. And then we started texting. He started asking me some questions. We had dinner. He went like, Yinka probably talked 95% of the time. I don't <laughs> think Josh and Ryan got any questions in. But <laughs> I... I began to pick up the vibe that Yinka moves 100 miles an hour all the time and he doesn't stop and his mind is always working, which which is how he's he's scaled this knowledge of financial literacy and investing and budgeting and all the above so quickly. Like Yinka, if you look back two, two and a half years ago, yeah. from where you are now to where you were then, it's 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 night and day. Like I guarantee you Yinka back then looks at Yinka now and it's like, holy, holy hell, like how there's no way I can do this. So 
the other the other kind of cool thing that I've picked up when from being around you and being involved in this with you is your five F's. So that's that's kind of like that's that's Yinka's brand is is the easiest way I can describe it. So in my long winded awesome. my long winded statement question here is Yinka, can you get, go into the five F's? Let's do it. Let's see. That's so that's so funny you remember that because I actually pivoted from like the five F's. I'm not saying it's still there, but now I'm actually focusing on like spiritual, emotional financial and physical as you kind of know with the standard and whatnot but before you know it's so funny you remember that yeah i was always the guy i, I would call it the famadu 5s right a bunch of alliteration all the way in here right and um i would i would say and i would say in this order too right <clears throat> faith fitness finance and fashion when you have these four in order the fifth females are inevitable right now that would apply a lot to men and it, it's kind of hard to you know, say that, um, you know, out in public. So I kind of, you know, I kind of pull a guy to the side when I see he's has a mindset like me and I kind of talk to him, okay, who are you about? And then I kind of impose, okay, here are the five S what, like, where are you at with that? Right. So for me back, back in the day, back, I guess it was a year ago, not back in the day, but I was really, you know, all about, um, those five Fs and I would always tell people about them. And as, as you know, Sean, as you just mentioned, I am really embodied a lot of that. I still do to this day, even like I just, I just love dressing up. I love fashion. I just love how it looks. It's, it's super nice to just, you know, uh, just look good every single day. And then, you know, with your finances, and I like to tell people within those five S, the one that gave me the most confidence was my finances. It's so interesting. Once I gained the confidence from that, like I can do this. Then I was like, okay, fitness, I can do this. Faith, I can do this. Fashion, I can do this. Females, I can do this. So confidence is very multifaceted as we talked about several podcasts ago, but and really finance kind of gave me that one. Right. And you know, with those five F's, it's, it's very interesting because like I mentioned, I kind of pivoted to more of a um, holistic uh, kind of view of it, which is, again, not alliteration per se, but I like it a little bit better because not only is it four and again, it kind of it takes out the females of it. And it can, it can really be with anybody, male, male, men or women. It's the pillars of, you know, physical, financial, spiritual and emotional. And with those four, you know, I, I very much try to implement at least one, if not two things, uh, you know, daily to those things. Right. So whether it's me waking up every morning and, you know, saying a prayer before, you know, I do anything else or me trying to meditate a little bit before I do anything super extensive um, or even me checking my budget every single day to kind of know where I'm at down to the penny or me dressing and looking good every single day. Right. Or even me getting in the gym at 6 a.m. every weekday trying to, you know, get to my best physical self. Right. So really a lot of those things I just mentioned, if not a ton more, really multi, really kind of, you know, come on to those pillars of the physical, emotional, financial, and uh, emotional, right? So, um, but I just want to circle back really quickly. It's so funny that you mentioned that story, Sean, because it's, you know, that really goes to Sean. I want listeners to understand this is like, Sean, when I, when I noticed Sean, and when I met with Stephanie Schindelwolf, right, she, she was just hyping you up. She's like, yeah, I love Sean, great student. And, uh, you know, he's really giving back and giving, um, you know, a finance speech, which, you know, nobody does. And I don't know if I told you this, Sean, this story. I might have, I might not have, but I don't know if the listeners know. I almost didn't go to the event. And it wasn't because I didn't want to. It was because I was studying for an exam that night. So just a quick story, right? It was very interesting. I think it was a basic electrical engineering exam I had. And basically, I, I was getting clapped in that class. But none, <laughs> nonetheless, like, those little things are so, like, college. But then what I went to this event, now FLI, like, that's, that's years. So I'm glad I went to this event, right? Nonetheless, I was studying with several of my friends and uh, there was, um, you know, we were studying for this fat exam. It was a midterm. And I almost didn't go because, you know, I wasn't doing the best in the class. I'm not going to be honest with you. 
Uh, and was it because I, you know, am just not a good student? Yes and no. No, because <laughs> I just don't care about the information. And then yes, because I just don't care. Nonetheless, um, I, I ended up going and I'm so happy I did. And I thought there'd be more people, but it's unfortunate not a lot of students care about money or care about finance. They don't take it seriously at this age, right? So there's probably less than like 15 people in that in that presentation. And when I saw Sean up there, I'm like, he's dressed well. Presentation looks clean. And just as Sean mentioned, I had my my computer, had my phone with kind of some pre-questions before I even shook hands with the guy. Because I'm like, okay, I've got to ask this guy a question. Because I looked him up on LinkedIn because I remember I connected with you uh, a, long, a long time ago. And, uh, you know, I did mention to Sean, I'm like, I have a ton of questions for you, but I'm going to wait until the end. He gave the presentation. He mentioned a little bit of FLI, but, it, you know, he was in the works of it, so he didn't want to speak too much about it. But I made it a point. I was like, okay, I'm going to wait until everybody, at the end of the presentation, everybody goes up, asks his question, asks their question, shakes his hand, and as they leave, I love to do this. I always am the last person. If I'm if I'm not the first person to enter the room to get quality time, I'm the last because you want to get quality time with a person, whether it's a professor, whether it's a person you really want to talk to, you want to get quality time with that person, right? So when everybody left, I got quality time with Sean. But I just made sure I didn't want to take too much of his time. So that's why I asked him, hey, let's go get dinner one day. And it's on me. And it's funny because come dinner time, he didn't let us pay. That's yeah. how you know Sean's an awesome guy. But uh, yeah, no, when we went to go uh, you know, at O'Shea's and have some, have some dinner, we had an amazing conversation. We were talking about books. He even shared with me a Spotify motivation playlist. And um, it was just very enlightening to see you know, a wholesome man as Sean in the workforce as an alumni really spending time where he could have been anywhere else that night. And spend time with us and pay on top of that, right? So I'm like, hey, this guy's real. Like, I like, I like this guy, right? And I made sure to, you know, get his contact information. I asked for his number before, you know, we left. And mm-hmm. um, it, it, like Sean mentioned, probably a couple months after that, because we did talk about FLA just a little bit. A couple months after that, into like December, it was when you know Sean hit me up. He's like, yeah, I'm taking a flight to the next level. Are you are you in? And I'm like, hey, you know, I don't know much about owning a business and never owning a business. I know you have your detailing business and I don't really know much about the legal or the logistics behind, you know, actually formulating it. But when it comes to like motivation, when it comes to determination, when it comes to grit, when it comes to even like the things that I will bring to the table, oh, I'm there. I'm there. Right. And then he said, yeah, you know, I have my best friend, Zach, join in. Is that OK? I'm like, yeah, 100 percent. More the better. Right. And, I'm, and to the day, I'm still yet to meet Zach in person. I'm still looking forward to meet Zach in person. But um, when, you know, F I was finally created. We were doing all the paperwork. It was super cool. I remember, you know, Zach didn't have his camera at first. It, it was so funny, right? And just where we are now, just like you mentioned, Sean, Yinka, what, a year and a half ago, two years ago, to Yinka now would be like, whoa. But then even just look at us, where we are eight months from where we were. It's like, whoa, you know, and where are we going to be, which is crazy, right? But that just all goes to say, you know, going back to those four kind of pillars and kind of pivoted from the four Fs. Um, when you kind of know what you're all about and what you, you know, embody, and that's why they're called pillars, because pillars usually put things on top of, right? That's the base. That's the foundation. Everything on top of that is built on those pillars, right? And that's kind of what I try to do every single day. Those are my non-negotiables, my essentials. And I very much have seen growth from those and, and surround myself with like-minded people who embody those. So may, maybe the new the new uh, kind of catchphrase is Famadu's foundation, some more alliteration i like you you can you can roll that into your nonprofit here in in 10 years when you're a multimillionaire. but yeah like 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 yinka said when when i spoke at akron out of every out of every like new person i met that night because there's probably like four or five people that i already knew that were there but out of every new person that i was introduced to yinka is the only one i remembered and the reason why that was is because he was the last person to talk to me, but he also followed up nearly immediately. 
Like yeah. I gave him my contact information. I gave him my phone number, my email. He shoots me an email like an hour later thanking me and then going over kind of some of his questions, but also prepping for us grabbing dinner. So as kind of a word to advice, whether it's a job interview, whether it's you meeting somebody for the first time, yeah. that putting like being the last person in their mind, whether it's at the event itself, or if you send them a follow-up email, a follow-up message on LinkedIn, a follow-up text, that goes such a long way to fostering that relationship and then keeping you fresh in their mind. So whether you apply for a scholarship and you have a have an interview, whether you apply for a job, you go in for an interview, stuff like that is crucial to keeping you on the mind of the person you want the attention of. Bingo. Yeah, couldn't agree more. All right, I'm going to unmute myself there, <laughs> talking to no one. So, Yinka, that was uh, a lot that I learned about you as well. Like when you said, I haven't met him in person yet, but I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, good story so far. And I know a lot of people, like I said, our listeners are trying to get into or beginners or intermediates in their own financial space. So, Yinka, when you got into finances, um, like, what was one of the big first steps, right? I know budgeting is a big one for a lot of people, right? So how right. do you budget? That's a big step for a lot of Great people question. getting into it. That's the first step, right? Is for them to track their expenditures and see where they're at. They can gain knowledge and then make changes accordingly. So how do you do that? That's a great question. Oh my goodness. I love that you asked that question, right? So as I do with everything, I'm gonna give a little story. I I don't know. It's it's very interesting because back back in the day, I was just trying to find the most convenient way to autom automate, you know, my, my, my budgeting. And now before I actually tell the story, now I do it manually purposely. Right. But then I'll, I'll talk about that later. So I was trying to download all these cool looking apps, but also very simple apps that just like, if you put in some numbers, I didn't, I didn't want to mess around with the apps. You have to connect your bank accounts to, I'm not saying those aren't legit. I just, I, you know, everybody's different. I don't like to do that. So I was trying, you know, all these little apps and I'm very picky when it comes to my technology, right? If it's not exactly the way I want it, I don't want it. So as Sean and maybe Zach know, I almost was on the brink of creating an app just to do this, right? And that kind of fell through only because now I do it manually, but two, you can really outsource a lot of those things. Nonetheless, um, kind of the funny story is that when I really got on my budgeting game, which was actually two years ago or two summers ago, not this summer, but last summer, I... You know, I, I, when I was transitioning out from all the apps, but really hunkered down to the budgeting, now I'm doing it manually. I was trying on different spreadsheets, right? The Excel, the Google Sheets, but now trying different modifications. So the funny story is, it was Fourth of July weekend, not the um, not this last summer, but two summers ago, and I was at the, with my girlfriend at the time uh, at her family cabin, and I kid you not, three day weekend. I, and it was so bad. I'm not gonna lie, it was so bad. I was on my phone like the whole time. What was I doing though? Just trying to articulate the perfect budget. I kid you not, like I can remember this so vividly. I was just sitting on the couch or let's say we're watching a movie and I'm just over here like I had the Excel app at the time and I was kind of like, you know, how can I make it look so good or how can I make it, you know, make it so easy or how can I make it, you know, just da -da -da, make it so effective. And it's so funny because again, nobody really made a comment on it, um, but I just know now that's that's very rude. Like I'm never into that again because now I have a perfect budgeting system in my, my current state. So when I really understood, okay, I want to manually do it. But then I can, you know, kind of make it in a way that's perfectly tailored to me. What I shifted from was, you know, going from a budget where it was like maybe the 50, 30, 20 budget, which is really good. 
don't mind, like, don't, 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 don't take that for granted or don't, you know, um, kind of take that for a loop. But for me, I very much like doing it zero based. Right. And that's kind of what we recommend if I'm not mistaken, but I love doing it zero based because you give every single dollar, um, you, you know, a, a way to go. And I found an app after doing a little bit of manual stuff that kind of did it really well, but not exactly the way I wanted it. Right. So Dave Ramsey's, I think every dollar app, it's a green little app for all of our new budgers. That was probably a pretty good budget if ours isn't, you know, uh, up your alley. Um, I started with it and it was really good because again, any money you kind of put into it, when I say put into it, like let's say every two weeks you get paid a thousand dollars or something like that, right? You're able to kind of, you know, um, implement that into it. And for the month you get $2,000, you want to make sure that every, every single dollar up to the 2000 is going somewhere, whether you keep in your checking account or whether you pay off your phone bill or whether you invest every dollar is going somewhere. I'm like, Oh, I like this. I like this. So then now I didn't like the app, but I'm going to implement that into my personal, you know, manual budget. So I, you know, me being the Apple guy, I don't know why I didn't think about this earlier when it came to Excel and Google Sheets. I use Apple Numbers, and that's what I currently use to this day. So Apple Numbers is the Apple equivalent of the Google uh, Sheets and the Microsoft Excel. And I formulated an automated, when I say automated, it's like I just type in a couple of numbers and the formula do it all themselves, right? But it's still fairly manual. But I do it very zero-based and, and I love it. I have a, a big net worth. It's very reminiscent of our, you know, wealth spreadsheet on our website. And, you know, I just try my best to get that, um, that net worth number as high as I can. I just, again, I think about it as a game. It's really a game. It's like numbers are a game. And how can I get my net worth number as high as I can, right? Because yes, I might have X amount of dollars in my checking account, but my net worth is negative. Like, you know, that's, that's kind of what I'm aiming for, which is very, it's, I mean, it's a relative arbitrary number, but it's, it's fun. That's why it is a game. I'm trying to be completely as positive and as high as I can, right? So to really answer your question, it's, uh, it's very manual. It's very, you know, well, it's manual, but it's automated. It's automatedly manual or manually automated. And it's very, it's very good for me, right? But um, I can't say it works for everybody because for a lot of people, they might use the mints. Again, shout out to mint, shout out to, you know, every dollar. But for everybody, just just budget. Because when you start to see, like, where you go with your money, because even Tyrone, as an ambassador, I think that was what he talked about in the Discord, what was his kind of light bulb moment. When he doubled down in his budget, he's like, wow, I'm making some co-op money now. And now I actually see where it's going. I have like good amount of money in my Roth IRA. I had good amount of money in my savings accounts, which if it wasn't my budget, I don't check my accounts every day or I didn't used to until I had my budget. It just, a budget creates a pattern. It creates habits and that's what's really good for people, right? So yeah, step one, budget, however you do it. It's awesome. I love it. Budgets are great. Uh, YNAB is another app I want to throw in there. That's the one I'm a fan of. Uh, YNAB, Mint, uh, Dave Ramsey's app as well. So Budgeting is fantastic. I mean, you put a lot of work in, right, to to budget, and then later on, you know, we kind of move into accumulating uh, secondary tertiary incomes, right? Um, do you have any plans kind of in the future, or what are you trying to dabble into to earn other sources of income? Another great question. You know, I'm very interested in the future to just, I think, you know, Sean mentioned, but I was thinking about this way in the past of um he knows people who you know bought liabilities and turned them into assets where you buy it for one time and let's say you rent it out right so for example there's so many avenues i've been looking into but how lucrative are they very but how time demanding are they very right so just for example am i really looking into this seriously no but i have it in the back of my head yes whether it's like you know you buy a car and that's a nice car let's say uh, a tesla and you rent it on Turo. that's something i could see myself doing right um or if you have kind of a big parking lot in your in your future house you can rent out a section of your parking lot that, I think it's called spaces.com. I don't know what it is. Don't, don't quote me on that. But stuff like that, right? Little, little things. I think that'd be sick. But what am I seriously looking into? I I, I also would really love to, uh, I don't know what it would be about yet, but 
I think, you know, writing down your life in a book would be really, really cool and what that story is all about. Um, and, you know, as, as Sean mentioned, what his book title would be, I think I can mention mine. My name actually means Olinka means surrounded by wealth. So I think and that's pretty, uh, <laughs> that's pretty convenient. Right. And, um, Very I would fitting. name the book that. Very fitting. Right. And I would name the book surrounded by wealth. I think that'd be super sick. And then it'd be by Olinka Fambu and people who understand Nigerian culture. They'd be, oh, wow. Like that makes sense. So it's kind of a double entendre there. Right. Um, so a book definitely, I think it'd be super cool. Another thing I think would be awesome, which would be, and my girlfriend doesn't like it, but it makes sense. It's like a family channel. I think that's super cool. Not to like those, those weird family channels where the couples do pranks on each other, but just something that's wholesome, something that's like, you know, fun. Maybe the kids can see it in the future someday. Right. Cause it's so funny. We just recently watched her baby videos the other day and those are on like DVDs. Right. I think the future is like YouTube or the future is like iPhone videos. Right. So it's like, they're already in the cloud. I don't have to go and try to find the VHSs, right? So that's kind of my idea on it. And then family channels are just going crazy, whether your kid, I mean, maybe not doing the, she doesn't like this because she doesn't want the kid, like that's the the money whore or the money, the money dog, I was about to say money horse, the, mon the money pig, like to like, oh, the, the kid plays with a toy and then now uh, it gets a billion views, right? No, that's not what we're doing there. But like, you know, you know those videos, but I think it's something that's wholesome, something that's fun, something that's like, oh, the Famadou family, right? Cause you see some alliteration there, the, the uh, you know, food, fitness, fashion, the family family or something like that. I think that'd be awesome. So definitely a family channel. I think that'd be really sick. Um, another thing would be, you know, I think I was talking to somebody about this. Maybe it was Hafiz. It's like, I could see, because he did this as well. He has, you know, the roommates and the affluent standard, but now his name is a brand. I could see myself, you know, uh, LLCing or branding my name. I think that'd be super cool. I don't make Olinka group, Olinka associates. I don't know. Or Yinka, it doesn't matter. But like, I could be a public figure where I, as you see, I'm very like much a speaker. I would love to give, you know, um, professional speeches, whether that's again with FLI, maybe I don't need to do it with my own brand name, or maybe it's a whole different topic. That's not like, it could be something completely different than finance and motivation. I don't know what that be, could be yet, but I would, I would love to utilize that skill, um, that is speaking in public speaking to, to speak to a lot of people, right. And kind of convey a message and change, kind of change the world with, with my voice. So that's another thing I can, I can kind of see myself tapping into. Gotcha. Very cool. So a lot of successes to come, right. But we've worked worked really hard to get to where we are now and have a lot of successes in the past. So is there something that you have done um, to celebrate successes or something that you want to do, something that you like to do, right? Right. No, that's a beautiful question. Um, something that I actually recently did that I think you guys might have known, and it is, yeah, I joined the group as Sean did as well, uh, is the Affluent Standard. And it's a, it's a great men's kind of development group. And one thing they like to do is every three months, they do kind of like a celebratory 1% man weekend, right? And what that's comprised of is like, you have parties, networking events, you have dinners, you have seminars. And really those events are essentially to, for the guys who are like very much go-getters, like all three of us and all the people of the group, it's to kind of spend a little bit of time to take the foot off the gas and celebrate and relax and enjoy the time, right? But even when I was there, because I did go to the event, it was in Miami. Um, and in late July, I still did do a lot of the networking and the, like the real, like the real development stuff. But I took time to celebrate. I had fun. I relaxed and even posted a video on our social media about it. It was really cool, right? So that's something that I can see myself doing more, kind of traveling. I love to kind of spend my money on experiences, whether it's food. I think if you guys read the book, you know, uh, I Will Teach You Be Rich by Ramit Sethi, my money dial, um, again, if you read the book, you know what I'm talking about, is kind of restaurants. I love, you know, spending and, uh, you know, celebrating per se um, at restaurants, really nice, fancy restaurants. So I love doing that. I love I'm kind of a foodie. That's, again, to answer that question as well. 
traveling, like I just mentioned, spending, you know, kind of nice clothes, kind of getting what I've been budgeting for. That's another great way to celebrate too. If you set a goal with what you want to buy, budget for it. And then once you have the money, you can celebrate it because you budgeted for it. That's a great way to celebrate, right? It's a little tip for people. But uh, kind of those main three things, which is food, travel, and kind of, you know, things I budgeted for, those is those are kind of how I celebrate. Awesome. So a lot of goals that we've hit so far, uh, you know, work-wise and goals uh, celebrating our successes-wise, right? So really cool right. to see you get involved with uh, the standard, and hopefully I will be soon. Uh, but yeah, that trip looked awesome. That looked super fun. So um, we kind of talked about, you know, what your goals are in the future. Do you have any goals that you are trying to accomplish within the next year? Yeah, no, that's a beautiful question, right? So I, kind of, I have a SMART goal kind of associated with every one of those pillars, like I mentioned in the past. And for me, my SMART goal for fitness, because I'm kind of getting big into fitness and kind of nutrition, and it might be, you know, big to do by the end of 2022, because that's the timely part of it. It's before 2023 is to kind of get a 9% body fat and weigh 100 and I think it's 180 pounds. By the end of the year, I'm sitting at 170, so 10 more pounds. I don't know. I'm packing and bulking a lot, so we'll see what happens. But for me, it's really to have, you know, that really nice physique body and something that's also in that SMART goal, which is, you know, um, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, timely, kind of a way to measure that amongst, you know, the metrics and the numbers and how you weigh yourself and how you, you know, track the, the width of your neck, the width of your thigh, little things like that. How I can also measure how I'm doing with this goal I put into my SMART goal is people kind of saying, Yinka, you look big, or Yinka, are you been working out? Like people noticing the gains, because it's very interesting. When I'm working out, or even the whole time I have been working out, like a year and a half now, it's so small, it's 1% every day, but and I don't see it. But other people who haven't seen me in a year, or in a month, they're like, Yinka, why are you getting big? And every time I hear that, I'm like, oh, thank you, because that hits. But then that goes back to my smarkle, right? Because I said, that's how I can measure things. It's very interesting, and I'm seeing that. So interesting. So, um, again, going back to your, your question, Zach, for me, my biggest goal, again, is to really, at a high level, just be in my best physical shape when it comes to, maybe it's more aesthetic. It's not like, you know, how much I can perform or do the muscle ups, but I just want to look really nice with my shirt off. I think that's, mm -hmm. that's a really nice goal. It, it looks really nice um, to have kind of that chiseled body. So um, that's, that's kind of my bigger thing. Yeah, that's, my, a, my that's a good response. Um... Kind of a quick question on that. So the end yeah. smart goal is measurable, right? How do you right. measure that? Because the way I measure that is with the mm. scale I got on Amazon, and I don't question. really think it's accurate. So I'd like to hear <laughs> your method. <laughs> no, that's that's a great question. And there's two ways, right? Number one is I actively take photos almost every day when I go to the gym, right? So in the mirror, and it's very interesting because I can scroll all the way back to a year and a half ago. And if you do like a, I mean, you can see if you do it slow, but if you do like a really, cause I also keep it in a little album in my photo album, my iPhone photo album called fitness. If you scroll really fast, you can start to see little changes in like my pectoral area. And it's okay. I can kind of visually measure that because now I can see changes in my pectoral area, area. Cause I very much, I don't super focus on my, um, my chest, but if I was to focus, you know, the most anywhere it would be my chest. I, I like kind of, that's kind of like the shield of the man. And um, so that's kind of how I measure it is with the photos. And I'm starting to see, you know, definition in my triceps and my shoulders, right? So that's kind of one method. But when it comes to more of the metrics, I, I use this app. I think it's called Gym Book. It's a red app on the App Store. Again, I'm, we're not affiliated with them. It's just an app I like to use. And it's very nice because just like how I'm very, you know, um, specific with, with my technology, I was going through a ton of gym apps that you had to like make an account for or you had to pay for or there's so many unnecessary features, even if it was free. 
Then I found this app, came across this app, which was free. You didn't have to make an account for, and you know, it was just the basics. And when I say basics, like, like good metrics, like it was really nice, none of the BS. So I got into the app and uh, you can, you know, track every, you know, you can choose your workouts, which is really cool. Track, you know, your weights, your reps, your sets, all these kinds of things. And, um, you know, it has kind of a graph with, you know, how you're, you know, you know, um, gaining, uh, in terms of what you can, you know, rep out, if that makes sense or, or what have you, but then you can also put in your weight. So I, to actually answer your question with like, let's say body stuff, I try to at least weigh myself on the first of every month or at least once a month, right. To kind of see where I am. Maybe I should do it once a week. I don't know, but I like to do it once a month, kind of see where I'm at monthly. But then I also have a little, um, not a necessary tape measure, but kind of like one of those malleable measures or kind of tapes that I can wrap around my thigh or wrap around my neck to kind of see, you know, what's the diameter of certain body parts to kind of see what's kind of, you know, growing, right? And I can input that in the app and I can see what the last time. So I can kind of see growth in those areas, right? So really answer that question, it's, it's, it's the app and it's the photos. And I think those are really, um, you know, for anybody who can measure or, you know, measure kind of this metric when it comes to fitness. I see a lot of people in the gym kind of use a notebook and pen. Hey, if that works for you, great. Just find something that you can measure things with because again what gets measured gets managed and with my time with my calendar my budget with my you know my apple numbers um app on my macbook and then now this app the gym book app on my phone these are three things that i measure and i manage unequivocally well so that's that's how i do that that's a great answer um so this next question i'll give you two ways to answer this right so let's do it my question is what's a piece of advice that you would give to someone trying to get into finance a beginner or intermediate and you can answer that obviously with a piece of advice or i'm gonna go with recommending a book now if you're feeling adventurous or you know like an overachiever you can obviously do both well you know me i'm gonna have to do both uh (laughs) i'm gonna ask the first one first though right like i mentioned before how i got kind of got into it i follow anthony o'neill right and what's really cool is that i related with him on so many different things even though i didn't know the guy when i started out with him now i do which is really cool personal not super personally but i'm about to too i'm going to see him in phoenix when i go on this next standard experience but uh, i hopefully pull, bring him on the podcast which would be awesome i found an individual who was in a niche that i was interested in or i wanted to gain interest in and i found someone i can relate to right not only did he look like me he spoke like me he was just cool he made learning finance on like not boring right kind of find a person who is, whether it's finance or anything, find someone who you can relate to and that makes it very interesting, right? Because it sucks to say, let's say someone is like me interested in biomedical engineering, which I thought I was, but I'm learning it from people like the professors who aren't necessarily interesting. And now I don't like it, nor can I relate to it, right? Bad example, but all I'm saying is like with finance, I found someone who looked like me, spoke like me and just made it really cool, right? So that's kind of the first piece of how to get into it for anybody who's interested um relatability is so key and that's what we do with fli we make things relatable right that, that, i think that's the key with fli but then the second thing when it comes to books finance books i always love recommending the books that can get you to do things right after you read them if not while you read them and my book of choice is i will teach you be rich like i mentioned before because ramit Sethi really does you know speak about very relevant things that again you can tap into as you read the book it's not just theory it's not just numbers it's literally practical applicable things that even i took several things from that book and did it while i was reading if not after right i listened to a ton of his podcasts after too because that book was that i will teach you be rich book was fire right so 
top book was I will teach you to be rich and kind of how to go about getting into finance really to find people or media that really hits and relates with you and you can kind of resonate with. Awesome. Uh, Yinka, I want to thank you so much for your time and sharing your story with us. Where can our listeners find you on social media? Great question. I don't have a ton of social media, but I am on LinkedIn at Ole Yinka Famadu. Again, my O has a dot under it. That's actually how my name is spelled. Um, but uh, if you look up Famadu, you can hopefully find me. If not, it's on our website, www.fly.net. Scroll down. You'll see all our three of our LinkedIn's, but you'll find mine as well there. Awesome. And then, Sean, yeah, how about yeah. you guys? Yeah, Sean, what about you? Where can we find you? So you can find me on social media at Sean Lacey Seven. That's that's the branded tagline, registered trademark. Uh, find me on LinkedIn at Sean Lacey, and then also find me on dfli.net. You can check out our bios, check out our profiles on there, and get in contact with us. Awesome. You can find me, your host tonight, Zach Owen at Z Owen Twenty Two on all social media, as well as uh, at our website that Sean mentioned. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This has been On The Fly, a Financial Literacy Institute podcast. Thank you for listening to On The Fly, a Financial Literacy Institute podcast. If you'd like to learn more, check out our website at www.thefli.net and our Instagram at The Financial Literacy Institute. We look forward to you joining us on our next episode as we teach the financial literacy skills we should have learned in school.